0: And ha! oh God, Daddy, stay on your bike, And you know, uh, your legs are, are burning, and you don't want to turn around anymore. And you know, if somebody now attacks, you're going to be like blown out of the water. But you just go, no, I just keep going, just keep going. Tied on the inside, it's the solo on the barriers. Oh, what about that? Now then, everybody, I am Tom Ramsey, and welcome to the Edge Coaching Podcast. This podcast will provide a clear insight into the world of athletic performance and help provide a clear, relatable understanding into subject areas revolving training, nutrition, stress, psychology, and much, much more. Without further ado, let's begin. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Edge Coaching Podcast. Today is Thursday the 28th of April and we're coming at you today with a a very late evening podcast. Um, It's uh, like I have done before, today's podcast is done uh, after I've done an evening crit race Um, and uh, yeah I'm still a little bit high on adrenaline and caffeine and I know that I won't be in bed for a few hours yet, so why not do a little podcast? Um, today's podcast is um, a bit a bit ad hoc. Um, I thought of the topic as I was driving home from the race today. And the reason for the podcast is because now most people, no matter what your discipline, have started racing. Um, the season has is fully under under undergone and um and yeah most of you will have got a few races under your belt now whether you are a mountain biker a time trialist a road racer um or a crit racer whatever you might be um so yeah i was wanting to do a specific podcast devoted to that transition into the race season and some specific tips for Um, making sure that your form is uh, the best it can be on race day and how to refine your training and your preparation to make sure that um, certain things are accounted for on racing that you might not have thought about. Um, Obviously, a lot of people will be aware of certain things that you might have to change going in, going into the race season. So if we if we think about like typical periodization, for example, um, typically, uh, in the off season, people might have higher volume of training and then they reduce that volume going into the season. Um, now in terms of my general training principles, I think, uh, I often counteract that and, and, and I actually worked the opposite, um, opposite of that. Um, but Equally, um, there is uh, lots of rationale behind different ways of manipulating your volume and your intensity going into race season. But we're not going to talk about those things that you'll have heard of or you'll have read about in lots of magazines and online. Um, We're going to talk about some things which you maybe haven't considered or haven't thought about with regards to that transition into racing. So some kind of... um, Uh, different tips um, and and considerations. Before we go into those uh, specific tips, uh, transitioning to race season tips, I'm just going to set the scene and and talk a little bit about um my own personal experiences in the past couple of nights and where I'm at because yeah I'm I'm we're gonna go back to our roots um and um we, we I haven't done a podcast like this where I just have 10 minutes to to kind of give you listeners a bit of an insight and a kind of um a bit of a you know connection um and uh building that intimacy and and that trust i guess um well to tell you the truth i've had a pretty crap couple of days (laughs) um this week um things have been very busy um with regards to my work um first of all so to put this all into perspective um i'm going on holiday in about a week and a half um that's going to be my first family holiday with uh abroad with millie my daughter um we we wanted to go away before now but due to one reason or another you know covid being one of them and um and and so on uh we haven't been away abroad yet um Anyway, we booked this holiday um, a couple, like about a month ago, um, and committed to going away, and I'm really looking forward to it. However, the truth is, when you own your own business, um, things need to be done, um, contingencies need to be put in place, and um, a lot of things need to be um, sorted before you can allow yourself to go away. Even though it's just for a week. <clears throat> now, I've obviously emailed all my clients and I've explained that I'm going away for this period of time. Um, and obviously, every single one of those clients will be up to date with their training plan and they will have, um, you know, they'll know what they're doing throughout that whole period while I'm away so that there's no unknowns. That being said, um, there's a lot of uh, background work to do to to make sure that that's in place so that when i'm away on holiday um i don't get inundated with questions i don't get inundated with um clients you know maybe wanting s- movements or shifts around and uh and so that i can really kind of rest on holiday and I, and i do you know uh, i do want to allow myself to have a week off without thinking of work whatsoever we need that obviously we need that i don't need to justify to you listeners why we need that in our lives I mean, it's very hard for me to do that because i love my job so much because i care for each and every individual that i coach um and and you know that's half the problem i'm, al- I'm almost too invested in it um so there's a, there's a lot to do to prepare for that trip, but also it comes at a time when I have been um, inundated, thankfully, with um, a lot of new startups, and a lot of people wanting to, to start um, coaching. I have actually um, had to refuse quite a few uh, new startups and basically say that, you know, unfortunately at the minute there's not there's not room. <clears throat> now... A bit of breaking news, um, and you heard it first, I promise you. Anyone listening to this podcast did hear this first. I will be in the near future. I'm currently talking to um, a, a coach which is going to be stepping in as an assistant coach for the edge coaching. Now... Um, I'm having a Zoom call, a meeting with them tomorrow um, to go over some final details. It's not been in the pipeline for that long, actually, to be fair. I only actually decided that I wanted to take someone on maybe two or three weeks ago. Um, And I had a couple of applications um, and one person out of these applications stood out um, as you know the, the perfect candidate um, I know this guy fairly well <clears throat> um, I'm not going to tell you who it is yet um, but he is the perfect man for the job He, his beliefs and his attitude towards coaching um, and everything that he believes in as a person is very similar to mine his education is very similar to mine and if anything, I'd argue that his education and um, his academia is, if anything, more up to date than mine as well. So hopefully, it's going to bring a bit of a fresh, a fresh uh, kind of spin on the coaching as well, and we'll we'll feed off each other well. Now, what I will say, um, obviously, this is a big, big, big step forward for the Edge Coaching, and I'm and I'm really happy that we're at this um, stage because to be honest I never thought it would get to this stage and um, what I will say to especially to any clients that are listening to this podcast um, please do not um, fear or worry that I've said this mentioned this I know there'll be some clients listening to this thinking oh you know what does that mean for me as a client I'll tell you this straight and um, Every single one of my clients um, will be notified about this properly very shortly. Um, Not every one of my clients um, will um, kind of have the opportunity to kind of go to this coach. Um, This assistant coach will be basically taking control of um, a certain proportion of my clients um and the the clients that i will be kind of handing over um i will be kind of having a deep conversation with them about why i think it's a good idea um and there's a specific reason why i'd be handing those you know uh, p- kind of proposing handing those over And it would only be if those clients um, agree with me, obviously, that 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 would be a a positive step in the right direction. Um, But me and this new coach will be working um, very closely and and obviously I'll be monitoring the the progress of those athletes still, but that will take a bit of the strain off me. And then obviously any new clients which do sign up, I can pass straight on to this new um, assistant coach as well. So... We can start bringing in uh, more clients, um, and and keep the you know keep the the water flowing, so to speak, because um, <clears throat> I never like turning people down you know i i, I hate it's one thing I, I don't enjoy with my job at the minute is when uh, a young aspiring rider for example signs. you know wants to sign up and says oh you know i've heard about your coaching it's really really good and i've I listened to some podcasts and I, i'd really like to be coached by you um when can I, you know i would like to sign up and and i have to say you know unfortunately we're fully at the minute i'm really sorry i can't help you it's, it's kind of you know as fortunate as that position is to be in um it's um it's not an enjoyable thing to say to somebody <laughs> um <clears throat> but um but yeah so obviously as well going back to ma- me being fairly busy at the minute um uh, trying to sort that trying to enroll that person know how that's going to work financially how that's going to work logistically how that's going to work with regards to training peaks, um, with, with with regards to, um, you know, communication, um, which athletes might be suitable, um, and things like that. And obviously, um, kind of prospective interviewing these people and so on. That's taken a, a fair bit of time as well. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, life, yeah, life's been busy. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, basically going back, I had uh, two races planned this week, um, which are both midweek races. They were back to back. I had a cyclocross race on Wednesday night and a, and a crit on Thursday night, which is tonight. And to tell you the truth, both races, um, both races were a chance for me to actually just forget about work for a little bit and think about my performance. Um, and I was feeling pretty good for them pretty fresh my legs were good um but to be, to be fair both races were just an absolute disaster um wednesday night i, I cut a long story short i came off uh, went over the bars um at the cyclocross race um partly my own fault in selecting the wrong tires um i went to a cyclocross race with some file tread tires when Although 90% of the course was dry and dusty, there was 10% of the course, which was really slippery. Um, part of that was a very steep descent. Um, and yeah, I, I misjudged my line choice, couldn't clip in properly and was kind of, my weight was distributed not the right way and I went straight over the bars, um, which is very unlike me. I don't I hardly ever crash. I'm a very smooth and consistent rider usually. And um, I was uninjured, I was absolutely fine um, at the time, but my rear mech wouldn't shift in into um, an easier gear. So my rear mech was stuck in the hardest possible gear. So when I finally got it working again, after about four or five minutes of fettling, I was nearly a lap down. By that point, my wrist was starting to throb from, from landing on it funny. And I thought it's not wise to carry on. So I stopped and started watching my athletes. Um, which, which, in hindsight, was definitely the right idea. Um, but um, then, um, tonight, I was racing a crit, a local crit to me. Um, and to tell you the truth, um, my head wasn't in it. Um, I know there's something... And this is going to get quite, um, quite deep now. But I know... I know there's something wrong when I'm at a race and I don't fully really want to be there. Um, I turned up and, you know, uh, I was kind of not G'd up for it. I wasn't like massively keen. I wasn't massively motivated. I wasn't massively um, buzzing to be there. If I'm honest, I was more invested on in in how my athletes were doing, how my coached riders were doing in the previous race to me, um, and uh, and 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 talking to the riders that were in the same race as me, than than my actual performance. Um, I started my warm up protocol, and I got a bit more into it. And to be fair, during the race, I was obviously fully fully invested in the race itself, but I did still find my mind wandering a little bit. Um, my wife had been a bit ill that evening um and obviously was looking after my daughter Millie um I was starting to think about that I'm worrying about that I was also starting to think about what I had to do the next day and so on and um yeah my head just wasn't in the right place um and I almost made myself like over anxious with all that as well going into it um anyway I missed I missed a couple of the decisive moves Um found myself in a in a place in the race that I didn't want to be, which was um, third um, third bunch up the road. And um, now I, I actually struck a bad luck again. Um, I actually got a puncture um, about 20 minutes into the race. Um, but this is how bad it got when I got that puncture. It was almost like a relief. I mean, I don't think I've ever had a puncture in a race and be relieved. I think every puncture I've ever had in a race, no matter what position I'm in, I've been pissed off. I've been gutted. I've been cursing. But I got a puncture and it was almost like a bit of a weight off the shoulders because I could just pack up and go home. Um, And again, to tell you the truth, like that's not right. Um, Now, there was a lot of critical thinking on the drive home and because i had an early bath again two nights in a row i actually went to the gym after the crit um because i was still high on adrenaline high on a bit of caffeine um i went straight to the gym i went and squatted some heavy weights um hit some or matched some prs on squats and single leg squats and bench and made myself feel a little bit better. Um, I couldn't believe how bloody busy the gym was at like quarter to 10, though it was absolutely mad. Um, And yeah, I mean, in terms of long term recovery, and in terms of what my body needed at quarter to 10 that night after such a stressful week, it probably was not the right thing to do. However, in that moment, it made me feel better because... I lift some heavy weights, I felt good about it, I matched my P- PBs and in that environment I wasn't stressed, I wasn't anxious, I wasn't worrying about the race, I wasn't overthinking the race and how shit my week's been and so on, so it actually just really helped um, and then yeah, got home, um, ate some food and here we are talking to you on the podcast Um So that's been a bit of a summary of the last few days, Um, and I think, to be honest, um, it's a conversation for another day, but the thinking that I have done on my racing of late, as much as I don't want to say it, um, is that I think I need a bit of time away from cycling. Um, It's been a long time coming, but and again, it's a conversation for another podcast, I think, when I've given it a bit more thought. But to tell you the truth, um, there's too much going on. And because there's too much going on, I don't think I'm enjoying cycling and bike racing as much as I should be. Um, And I think I'm always going to be fit. I'm always going to want to be fit. I'm always going to want to train. I'm always going to want to see myself progress in something. Um, I'm always going to want to lift and I'm always going to want to be cardiovascularly fit and eat well. And it's funny when I meet up with clients um, or meet up with friends or meet... I mean, there's one client in particular whenever I see him about... He said One of the first things he says, I don't know if it's just... um, his habit or whatever it might be but he always says now then Tom are you fit um, and the truth is to answer that question I genuinely think for the past however long I can remember I've always been quote-unquote fit but right now I don't feel like I'm cycling fit and because I can't get enough riding in to around my busy schedule when Schedules are busy and your mental capacity is busy. I would much rather just go out for a 30 minute run or pop to the gym for an hour and enjoy every single minute of that because I feel like those two things can take me away from work and they can take me away from my life, uh, give me that release that I need. And as much as I enjoy cycling and coaching riders, I think right now, I genuinely think that the, the problem is um, I can't attribute enough intensity and volume to my cycling to maintain a good um, a fitness that I'm happy with, but also the mental capacity that, to, that is required to racing bikes as well and the pressure that comes with it and the anxiety that comes with it because even though I don't, even though i know there's no pressure on it there is a lot of pressure on it for me like as a performance cycling coach there's there's pressure to perform um and i think right now i'm too invested in all my other athletes to worry about my own performances in bike racing right now so i think i'm going to give it some more thought over the next few days but i think even though this season's just started personally I might take a step back for a full year. I might focus on some other stuff. Um, for example, running. I absolutely love running and it's very time sensitive. It's very time critical and it's such an efficient way of of getting getting some training in. As I've talked about in previous podcasts, it's very clear that I'm fairly mechanically gifted in running and as long as i can not get injured with this pesky calf injury that i've had in previous years um i'd like to see where that takes me so i might um i mean i've i've started to intertwine a bit of the running in in the past few weeks and i've really enjoyed it and uh i'd i'd like to see where it takes me if i devoted you know a full season towards it so um yeah, it would be nice just to take a step back from cycling for a bit, go out on my bike maybe once or twice a week, just easy miles when I've got the time. But apart from that, just do some strength training and running. Anyway, like I say, it needs some more deep thought, but um, I think that's where what we're going to do. Anyway not to put a downer on the start of the podcast, forget about my my, uh, mind at the minute. Please, please uh, forget about all of that because today we're going to be talking about some transition to racing tips. How you get from your off-season perfect training plan into race season. How you make some small changes which can have a dramatic effect to your on-the-day racing performance. And like I say, we're going to stay away from the kind of more well-known tips. Um, so we're not, we're not going to talk about volume and intensity of training. Um, so we're not, for example, a, a very obvious one, which a lot of people will know, is that you, you need to um, generally be more specific with your intervals. So um, for example, you know, if you're doing a lot of kind of longer zone three, zone two work uh, in the off season, then as you get closer to your race season, you might do some shorter, sharper, intense efforts. If that simulates your racing performance, we're not going to talk about that too much. I've got five tips written down in front of me. Um, which you may not have thought about um, as much, but hopefully it'll give you um, a little bit of an insight going forward as to some things you might want to consider after I take a sip of my my water. (sighs) Dry throat. throat. Okay. Tip number one. It's a fairly obvious one to me, but it's something people don't talk about much, is to ride outside more. And it's funny, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have really had to say this tip, but more and more people are taking to things like Zwift to get their training in. Zwift and turbo training is... A great way of getting good hard intervals in it's a fantastic way of uh, getting very time sensitive training sessions in with lots of intensity with lots of structure and being very clinical and uh, with the efforts that you do um you know, being able to track progression from one session to another is very easy on the turbo trainer because you've got less uh, variables like wind and, and the different terrains to account for. And like I say, for the average working guy who's working nine till five and they've got an hour to train uh, every night around family life, yeah, it's very practical. But tip number one is to ride outside more. I'm not expecting that every single session you do will need to be indoors, sorry, outdoors, if uh, you currently do five sessions a week indoors. However, making a steady transition to riding outside more will, I almost can guarantee you, improve your race day performance. Now, obviously. For certain disciplines, this will have more of a profound effect than others. So, for example, if you race mountain bike cross country racing or any mountain bike discipline where it's off-road, you quite obviously need to do more training outdoors in those environments over rough terrain and so on to mimic and um simulate the kind of terrain and the efforts and the different cadence ranges um which are associated with that discipline um you need to again being specific to mountain biking and off-road riding gravel cyclocross things like that you need to get acclimatized to um the the kind of very specific demands of that discipline which again for example mountain biking you have to be attributed to different cadence ranges and 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 producing power at different torque rates um, which you can't simulate very well on a turbo trainer on a turbo trainer you're you're fixed in one position you can't manipulate the bike and so on um, you know obviously there's all the skill element to it as well how to nav- navigate a descent how to Absolutely, smash it up a climb, be massively out of breath, um, and then recover while you're navigating a very technical descent. That is part of mountain bike cross country racing and 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 cyclocross as well. Um, but even outside of the off road disciplines, when we talk about you know road racing, when we talk about crit racing, there's lots to be said for your ability to conserve energy. Um, on different types of terrain, how to ride different features, how to ride different elevation, how to ride different corners efficiently and effectively to conserve momentum, to generate momentum. And um, yeah, you, you can't do that on a turbo trainer. So that's tip number one is to ride outside more. Tip number two is to ride or train in specific positions so this I guess goes hand in hand in part with the first tip um, but basically what I mean by this is for example if you are a crit racer and in crit in a crit you know you notice that you spend a lot of time in the drops you need to train in the drops, to become more acclimatized to that position and bec- increase efficiency and increase um, how used to that position you are. Obviously, there's other um, examples such as, a, you know, a very obvious one is a time trialist or a triathlete. You wouldn't do all of your training miles on a setup up chopper bike and then expect to get on a TT bike and develop the same force and power in that position so and you know for for TT riders listening to this you will um, be nodding your head very often you know you will will know this is very obvious statement, but TT riders need to um, as they get closer to the season, essentially just get as much time in that TT position as possible. So not only should you be doing some easier rides in that TT position in your um, in your extension bars, but all you also you should be doing some efforts in that position as well to um, to make sure that your legs, can produce force in that position um, to tell you the truth a racing position whether that be in the drops or whether that be in a tt position is more or less always going to be a compromised position for power um, there's near enough no none of my athletes who are ever more powerful um, in a in a tt position however the the benefits um, outweigh, sorry, the the benefits aerodynamically massively outweigh the uh, negatives associated with being in that position in terms of the loss of power. Um, so yeah, but you you need to you need to spend more time in that position. Um, I mean, you know, it's very obvious for a TT racer, but a lot of people don't think about it for road racing and crits. You know, they they just think that if they're riding their road bike on a turbo trainer then um you know and they jump on the road bike on the road then it's gonna be the same thing well yeah it's all well and good but in a crit if you're racing a crit and you're spending 90% of your time in the drops where the angle at your hips is massively acute compared to what it's like on the turbo trainer when you're doing your efforts then you jump in a crit and you will feel mega tight. Your legs will just shut off so, so much earlier. And actually, in all fairness, that's kind of what I experienced tonight in the crit is um, although I have been spending some time training like that, I've clearly not been spending enough time training like that because, you know, a, a prolonged time in the drops doing multiple efforts above um, at an above threshold, multiple sprints in that position, in that very compromised position. No matter how flexible you are, you're not. Um, you're not asking. You know, in training, you're not asking these demands in this in this position. So, um, yeah, it's it's very it's very uh, it's very um, belittling <laughs> to to feel that extra fatigue. Um, and, and how easy your legs feel pain when you're not used to that position, if you're not careful. So yeah, so train in those specific positions. Um, tip number three is fueling. Um, we know that generally we should fuel appropriately for races, um, I'm hoping that a lot of you will generally know the best protocol for, to, to fuel for, for your race requirements, whether that be a three-hour road race um, or a 45-minute crit or a sprint triathlon or an Ironman triathlon. You should generally know how to fuel for those specific demands. Um, however, do you practice your fueling strategies for that race in your training sessions. If not, you should consider doing. So an example would be um, an Ironman triathlete. They might have thought about the perfect nutritional protocol for the day of the race. They are going to have two gels, then they're going to have two pieces of flapjack, then they're going to have two bars, then they're going to have two gels, whatever it might be. That was just off the top of my head. And they've they've pinpointed certain time frames, certain time stamps, when they're going to have those pieces of food or those gels. However, they've never mimicked that in training whatsoever. They might have had one of those gels on a ride. They might have had one of those bars on a ride. They might have tried those foods, um, all of those foods at different times on different training sessions. However, they've never tried them back to back. They've never tried them at the same time. They've never tried to ingest that much carbohydrate in that such short, short space of time. So when it comes to race day, their gut might not be used to it their gut might say, whoa, there's too much carbohydrate coming, I don't like this. And then they get GI issues. Um, another example would be in a road race. You might decide that there's this perfect flapjack recipe, which is going to give you exactly the right amount of carbohydrates per hour. And it's going to you know, be very easy on the palate, it's very easily digestible. However, and 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 also, you know, you've tried it in tried it in the kitchen. It, it's fine. However, on a race, the packet is really hard to open, and it's too crumbly, and it and it, it's really hard to digest, and you st- end up coughing. You need to try these recipes. You need to try these different foods in training sessions, which are very very much like your rate the race itself, and that doesn't mean trying it in a, a very easy, sociable pace club ride. It means trying it in a session which is very similar to the race effort. Tip number four is time of day. I have talked about this briefly in a previous podcast, but you need to try and train At the same time as your race, you need to get acclimatized to effort at the time of day in which you'll be doing the effort on race day. For example, again, I'll pinpoint triathletes here just because they often start incredibly early. If you are doing an Ironman triathlon you may end up starting your race at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. Have you ever done a hard training session at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning? Have you had to stomach 100 grams of porridge oats at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning before a race like that? Probably not. If you haven't, you need to do that before the race day. You need to make sure that you can get some porridge down you at that time in the morning, that it does digest and assimilate in time before the start of the race. You need to know how much caffeine you need to consume prior to the race itself to get you up and G'd up and ready for that race and optimize your performance, but without being too much so that it sets your gut off. You need to be prepared for that early start so that you know How it feels, you know that what the sensations are like, and you know that you can perform at that time of day. If you are a crit racer and you're doing the tour series, and all your tour series races start at half seven, eight o'clock, half eight at night, you need to train at that time of day. You need to be prepared for that time of day in terms of your nutritional protocol and it all interlinks you know we go back to nutrition you know if you're i mean i think some of these tour series races for the um for the uh, elite men's race don't don't start to like eight o'clock or quarter to eight something like that and if that's the case you know what you're going to have to eat and and what's the time protocol of that going to be like but then also you need to make sure that you um You practice that in training, you know, practice doing an incredibly intense turbo session at eight o'clock at night. Um, See what the sensations are like. See what works with regards to nutrition before it so that you are fueled appropriately, but not overfeeding and have too much in the stomach and so on. Um, It's all it's all interlinked. Tip number five, which is the last tip would be with regards to equipment. Um, again, it's I guess it's partially outside of the, the, the realms of my job and the realms of coaching in general. A lot of my job is to do with uh, getting someone as fit as they can possibly get on the start line. But it's something to consider. Um, train with your race equipment. It's no use training on an old winter hack all the way through the year and then turning up to a race day on your summer bike um which is a completely different geometry and a completely different setup and expecting you to perform well on it because you know yes i agree there's something to be said for um you know, jumping on a nice shiny new race bike and and it being twice as fast and therefore it helping your morale and so on. But, um, you know, it goes along with one of my earlier tips about, um, you know, training in specific positions. You need to know how your race machine and your race equipment is going to react. You need to know how that is going to feel on race day and how to um to manipulate your position your accelerations your um your strategy to best to best fit with that equipment um i mean you know there's lots of examples i could give and and some are more severe than others um but but yeah just give that a thought for um your situation and make sure that you never turn up to a race that being the first time that you've ridden that bike or that piece of equipment all year. Um, you know, whether that be a set of wheels, whether that be a set of tyres, whether that be a set a full bike um, and, 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 or, or even, you know, a skin suit, for example. Um, you know, make sure that you use your equipment at least once before, before race day. That's how I'm going to stop the podcast that's where i'm going to stop the podcast today um i've given you five tips um to help you transition into racing um but the general consensus is basically just to 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 increase the specificity um you know the closer to race season that you get the more specific your training should get um uh, that goes across the board no, no matter what you're what you're training for um, and how your training looks, you should always tend to get more specific as the season draws closer. And um, yeah, there's five tips for you that you may not necessarily think about, which will definitely um, definitely help you go into the race season. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me talk about my own situation for the first 20 minutes. Um, I'm very excited to have this new coach starting soon and where the edge coaching is going. Um, And like I say, for any current clients who um, are almost a bit apprehensive about this happening, please do not fear because um, it's certainly not going to be, you know, um, a situation where we're just passing you over to this new, new coach. I've developed many, many um, fantastic relationships through this coaching and there's many athletes that I coach which I would say are very close friends and I would say that all of my coached athletes are very good friends anyway um, um, but um, but yeah there's certain athletes who I think would actually benefit out of this small change and even if they are being coached by this assistant I will be overlooking their coaching regardless anyway um, but it's nice to have this assistant on board to take up, um, any new, new athletes anyway and prospective new athletes. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll release, release that as public news, um, very shortly in the next cu- couple of weeks, maybe after my return from holiday. Thank you very much for listening and see you again next time. <laughs>